0: The 610 Sports Radio phone line is brought to you by underlaw injury lawyers. Visit getgym.com.
1: Chiefs fans, this is Trent McDuffie, and you're
0: listening to 610 Sports Radio. late nights watching Lakers on ESPN as I went to bed. Nostalgia. Dirty werewolf. Gonna send you a video on Twitter and the DMs. It makes me cry all the time watching about Kobe. Also makes you want to, th- want to throw a wall. Go to YouTube and type Kobe Bryant and the channel is Matsua M. Trust me, I'm a Kobe fan too and not even a big NBA fan. Makes you want to be a better person but also literally dominate everyone. That's right. But you hear the music, you hear Green Onions by Booker T and the gang, which means we're into the out of left field question. You can put your answers in on the text line, 913-586-7610. Not to cloud the entire conversation tonight around death, but we did lose a wrestling legend. Terry Funk passed away today. A lot of you probably remember Terry Funk, a hardcore legend. was a tag team partner of many. was one of the OGs of wrestling. In fact, I remember when he smacked Paul Heyman across the face in the ECW days because Paul Heyman talked about his daughter. Again, wrestling's so hard to tell if it's fake or real, but either way, I mean, he smacked Paul Heyman right across the face. But my out-of-left-field question tonight for all of you on the text line, 913-586-7610, and for you, Isaac, what would be your dream tag team duo? That doesn't have to mean wrestling. That can mean anything. Maybe you're really into cooking, and maybe your best tag team cooking duo would be Guy Fieri and Bobby Flay. You put those two together, I guarantee you'd get something way out of bounds. Maybe you're into music and you think your best tag team duo in music would be Harry Styles and Miley Cyrus. By the way, you want to know why I know that too? They're your leading odds getters to be the Super Bowl halftime performance show. But again, 913-586-7610, what would be your dream tag team duo if you could put two individuals together and dominate the world? Isaac, you got one ready to go?
1: Yeah, man. Uh, I've been thinking about it while I've been back here. And two guys that come into mind that I think would form a pretty perfect tag team. And this is a shout-out to the state of Texas, apparently. But my tag team name is the Texas Tornado. Mm. And my two tag team partners are Nolan Ryan and Andre Johnson. Nolan Ryan, legendary pitcher for the Texas Rangers, Houston Astros, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um. Nolan Ryan. I don't know if you remember this or not, but a lot of people do. The headlock to Robin Ventura, Mm -hmm. raining down punches on Ventura's face. And also with Andre Johnson, one of the most notable NFL fights uh, of all time when he took down Cortland Finnegan and let those punches rain. So I'm going with the Texas tornado myself of Nolan Ryan and Andre Johnson. Okay.
0: This should get good somebody from the 208 kind of gets my style they said Jennifer Aniston and Jennifer Lawrence JA and JL as their tag team duo Jimmy and Rick Rubin from the 316 007 and that taken guy I'll piggyback on that how about Indiana Jones and James Bond how about that for a duo One's got a whip. The other one's got a uh, PPK. From the 913, Andre the Giant and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Again, the out of left field question tonight. Who would be your go-to tag team duo? Somebody got really nasty on the text line. They said Lana Rhodes and Alexis, Texas. A degenerate is what they said after that. For those of you that don't know who those are, I'll let you look that up on your own time. You can probably tell by the name Alexis Texas that that name probably is appropriate. From the 913, Denise Richards and Phoebe Cates. I think if you look at like a dominant tag team, like you can conquer the world with two people on your side. That's tough. I like the Bosa bros. Nick and Joey Bosa, I feel like that'd be like a dominant tag team. Somebody said the Kelsey bros from the 816. I feel like that, I mean, I feel like there is a future for Travis Kelsey in the WWE if he wanted it. Has that size, has that mic skill, has that personality.
1: I think he could one-up Gronk, definitely. And Gronk's short WWE stint. I think Travis Kelsey could do a little bit better.
0: Yeah, who was Gronk's guy that he was, uh, like, with? Like, who was his buddy that was in there? I forget what his name was. He was a big son of a gun.
1: Yeah, he was. Who was that, Dusty? I can't remember. Man. Because he, like, jumped over that. He jumped over the railing at WrestleMania, and I remember him. he ripped off
0: his shirt. Ripped off his shirt. Did the clothesline.
1: Mm-hmm. Who was that?
0: Somebody from the 913 says Kirk and Spock. 913, Randy Johnson and Nolan Ryan. Randy blew up a bird in flight. Ain't no doubt. Still one of the top three greatest videos I've ever seen in my life. Something we'll never see again. Randy Johnson threw a 98-mile-an-hour fastball and blew a pigeon up in spring training. Obliterated it. The mullet. Probably one of the best nicknames you'll ever get, the unit. Just a big six foot nine red ass of a human being, rocking a mullet, sweating, told a grown ass man in New York, "Don't talk back to me," and blew a pigeon up, obliterated a pigeon, threw a fastball behind John Crux's head in an All Star game. Somebody says the Incredible Hulk and Deadpool from the 913. From the 316, Bruce Willis and whomever guaranteed they'd save the world. Bruce Willis now or Bruce Willis like fifth element? That's unfair. Bruce Willis ain't doing too well, for those of you that haven't seen. That man went broke, and then I think he got, did he get terminal cancer? Is that what he has right now? Is that what he's battling?
1: Something like that, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: I knew that he, uh, towards the end of his career, was doing a bunch of, of like low budget films because he had either like lost all his money or something like that.
1: And do you count Die Hard as a Christmas movie? Correct. I do too.
0: Yeah. It's built around the holiday. So to take a subplot from this out of left field question, if your movies plot is based around a lethal weapon one Christmas movie, which still has one of the greatest quotes of all time. When he and Busey are in the front yard, it's Joshua versus Riggs. And he looks dead at him and says, you want a shot at the title, Jack? And they fight it out and then Riggs gets him in that leg choke around the neck. And then Daddy Gloves gotta come in and so does Riggs and they both shoot him.
1: I really count a lot of movies as Christmas movies. If there's snow outside, I kinda consider it a Christmas movie, like Gremlins. That's All, a Christmas movie. Gremlins is a Christmas movie, but you get a lot of people who are like, nah, not Gremlins, but maybe I'm just biased because it's mm-hmm. one of my favorites. But.
0: Somebody says Bruce Willis is bad form, fading as a human, bad, sick, losing his memory. Yeah, I mean, I knew he was doing bad. I feel bad for that comment. I didn't mean to like take a shot at Bruce. But man, I don't even know if I can tell you my favorite Bruce Willis movie. Die Hard's probably up there. Fifth Element's up there. Pulp Fiction, if he's a main character in Pulp Fiction. This isn't a motorcycle, baby. It's a chopper. What happened to Zed? Zed's dead. We good? We far from good. But you can get out of here, Cat Hill, Billy.
1: Did he uh, make a cameo or cameos in any of the Expendables movies?
0: Probably. I think he did. Probably like the second one. Because what was the first one was like Schwarzenegger, Ho- or uh, Schwarzenegger, Stallone, State was statement in the first. He was in the second one, or the third one. Yeah. What about Nick Cage and John Malkovich? I feel like that's a good tag team. Maybe Conor McGregor and... I don't know. Someone says Gremlins is totally a Christmas movie. For sure it is. Again, it's based around the holiday. But I'm really lame on Christmas. I watch, like, a lot of the main ones. Like, I always watch Home Alone 1 and 2. Sometimes more than once, most of the time more than once, love for Christmases. Um, I really love the Grinch Jim Carrey's version. I like the cartoon, the OG cartoon Grinch. Someone says, "Do we ever get an update on the InstaCart guy that and that girl situation from a few months ago, Mr. Love Connection?" I did play matchmaker. I have not figured out what InstaCart guy has done with that relationship. Bob Vila and Andrew Carnegie what about Billy Mays and Guy Fieri? I feel like that's a great tag team. Guy Fieri's always making like gut bomb nachos or something that just absolutely blows up your guts. And then Billy Mays out here with just OxyClean. RIP to Billy Mays. Somebody says Prime Mike Tyson and Thanos. Ooh. I like that one. Chuck Norris, and it doesn't matter who his tag team partner is after that. In the out-of-left-field question, 913-586-7610, what would be your dream tag team duo? Prime Mike Tyson and nobody else really. Somebody says Chief Saholic and Casey Wolf. What about Chief Saholic and uh, what was that X-Factor guy? Uh,
1: any update on the uh, Wolf on Wolf interview at all?
0: I don't know, man, but I'm down for it. I mean, I think he's got some bigger fish to fry with the way his lawyer reacted on the media presence. This isn't his final whistle. His drive isn't complete. No, it's over. Billy Schatz and old ham Jim Carrey, over actors galore. Yeah, I go back in time, and I, or I don't go back in time, but I go back and watch Jim Carrey movies, and I really just can't do it anymore. Like, Jim Carrey at the time was funny, but now that I look at him, man, he's just way over the top. I don't know if I can get into Jim Carrey anymore. But he had a hell of a run in the 90s. What about De Niro and Pacino? You mess with those two guys in their prime? What about Harry and Marv? Pesci and Stern? What about Jimmy Buffett and Kenny Chesney? You take a date to that concert, you better get laid. Cheeseburger in Paradise, followed up by Old Blue Chair. When the Sun Goes Down. I like that Prime Mike Tyson at Thanos, man. You ain't stopping that. Superman and Batman. One guy's really rich. One guy's made of steel. 913-586-7610. Best tag team duo. I don't even know who Billy Schatz is. Somebody said Tony Soprano and Walter White from the 913. That'd be a solid one. I kind of like those random, those random tag teams. Those people that maybe you don't understand why they'd be together. Like Mick Lovin and Macaulay Culkin. Tony Soprano and Walter White. It's 14 That's the out of left field question. I'm Dusty Likens. You're listening to After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. We get back into the Chris Jones saga because I want to know, and I don't understand, what side of the fence you're on. Are you Team Chris or are you Team Chiefs? We'll find out because your emotions are all over the place. You're listening to 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Chad's is William Shakespeare. Okay. Yeah, of my that of everybody's like There's a lot of people who believe William Shakespeare actually wasn't a real person. I don't know about all that, but I just know they, they say he wasn't a real person. Somebody else's dream tag team would be Kevin Harlan and Mitch Holtis. I don't know if I would be able to channel that game listening to that. I feel like that would have my anxiety through the roof if... Uh, if Harlan and Holtis were play-by-play and color commentary. Also, who would be the color commentary? Would you want Harlan to be play-by-play or Holtis to be play-by-play? Although Harlan was Holtis'
2: predecessor,
0: I believe. Yeah, it was Harlan, then it was Mitch. Kansas City's had a better run at tight ends or play-by-play announcers for their football team. Because I think Kevin Harlan's probably the best in the game. I don't know if there's a better play by play guy in sports than Kevin Harlan. Love Gus Johnson. But man, when Kevin Harlan solidified it for me is when he when he called two games at one time when Fitzpatrick beat the Patriots. I forget who it was. Like, which game are you calling? I don't care. <laughs> um 90s SI swimsuit, Illy McPherson, and Kathy Ireland. Okay. Somebody said they're uh Dream Tag team from the two oh six or the two oh eight, Andy Reid and a hamburger. Michael Jordan, Michael Scott. All right. We're done with the out-of-left-field question. We've only got about 40 minutes left here on After Hours, where I want to go back into, is I want to play you this audio of Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid today as they spoke to the media about the absence of Chris Jones. And I want you to listen to it, because I want you to kind of hear how you hear it in your ears. And I'm going to tell you how I feel. I'll play Andy Reid, then I'll play Andy Road. Andy Road. Andy Reid. Then I'll play Patrick Mahomes. Both of these guys were asked about the absence and the drama that has surrounded Chris Jones and the Chiefs' contract negotiations this offseason.
1: Chris Jones is su- suggested on his social media accounts that maybe he's willing to sit out for a little while. I don't know if he's serious or not. But do you expect them to start the season without
3: him at this point? I uh, there's been no communication, so I don't. I don't know uh, what's going to go there, but whatever happens, happens. I mean, not there, we, the game goes on, right? So that's how it works. So you used to do the GM
0: stuff too. I know you've said you kind of like not being a part of that, but as someone who's a head coach and has been here for as long as you have, you know Chris so well. Is there, is there a way for you to get involved in this, or are you, you just
3: um, uh, no, not right now. There's not. Yeah, yeah. So he's got they got to communicate and do their thing and. There's just been no communication, so.
0: So that's Andy. This is
1: Patrick. uh, Chris Jones is out there on Twitter, suggesting maybe he'll skip a half a season Mm -hmm. or whatever. I don't know how serious he is, but I do know he's not here. Mm -hmm. Are, Are you expecting to start the season without him? Um.
2: No, not, not necessarily. I mean, I uh, I know that stuff. contract stuff is hard to talk about because everybody wants to make money for their entire family and, and everything like that. But I know how much Chris Chris loves the Chiefs. He loves being a part of this organization. Um, and so uh, I just try to stay out of it and just tell Chris that I love him and that whenever he does does come back, he'll, he'll be welcomed with open arms. And uh, we know that he's preparing himself so that whenever he does get back, he can be that dominant player that he always has been. With that said,
3: has this
1: been going on? Maybe a little longer than you
2: anticipated it would when, when say, camp first started. Yeah, I don't think any, I don't think anyone expected him not to be here uh, now, but uh, that's part of the contract negotiation stuff. So I mean, I'm not looking down on him for anything like that. Uh, he has um, stuff that he's trying to get done that he feels like he needs to, to get done right now, and so I, I respect his decision. And then whenever he gets back, like I said, we open him with, with open arms, and um, he's a, he's a vital part of this organization. And so I'm I'm glad that he's on my team.
0: So those were questions asked today to your starting quarterback and your head honcho of a head coach, Andy Reid, when asked about the absence of Chris Jones. We had a topic last night on this program that we like to call um, after hours. And on the way home, after reading the text line throughout the evening, and again, I don't really get offended by the text line. I just kind of read it and see where it goes. And sometimes it goes off the rails, sometimes it supports you, and sometimes it hates you. That's just life. But it makes me ask myself, what side of the fence are you on? Are you on the Chris Jones side? Or are you on the Chiefs and everybody else's side? Because the tweets that he's had, to me, have kind of ran its course, and I'm just kind of confused on the whole situation. And I think the problem that we have with sports and the negotiation process is you know as much as I do. Just because I do this job or just because Pete Sweeney does his job for Arrowhead Pride, a damn good job at that, doesn't mean that he has any sort of inside information over anybody else. Now, there's a chance that somebody could have developed a relationship with Chris Jones and maybe they're on the same text line and they could get, you know, back and forth information, say sources, but everything seems to be pretty mum. And I know there's people that are like, hey, he's committed to his contract that he got extended a while back to play through this year. And he's not doing it. And then there's the other side that is like, hey, I'm a Chris Jones. 29 years old. The NFL comes at you fast at 35. At that position, you're probably out of the league. And he wants to make sure that he's set up financially for the rest of his life. And the text line is kind of one side or the other. Team Chris, team Chiefs. And I know that there are some people that are like, well, look, this team isn't going to win the Super Bowl without Chris Jones. And then there's some people that are like, you know what? As long as you got Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid calling plays and you got all these guys on the offense that could step up, they're going to be just fine. But to me, where I get concerned is that we're now at a point where it's like, where are we going to go from here? Because you kind of hear that, like, subtle chuckle in both Mahomes and Andy Reid. Like the, yeah, I don't know. And the, hey, I don't know where we go from here. There's no communication on either side. That was the big nuts and bolts quote today was from Andy Reid. There's no communication. Nobody knows what the other wants. It doesn't matter if Andy Reid pulls rank and calls Chris Jones and says, hey, man, we really need you. I don't know where you're at but we need you to be here. Or, you know, Mahomes can text him and be like, hey, Chris, what are you doing? How are you doing? How's life? Where are you at? Nobody knows anything. And there's a fan base that, for the first time that I can remember, is really kind of divided. Like, it seemed like when Tyreek Hill was getting dealt to the Miami Dolphins, that there was... A lot of people that were like, and again, Tyreek Hill didn't really like do himself any favors because it was like news broke, demanded to be traded, traded. There was really no time to like doom and gloom over it. The Chris Jones thing is a pure example of vague and no real true movement in it. Like when Tyreek Hill came out and was like, I want to be the number one highest paid wide receiver. And the chiefs were like, well, that's not happening. And it was like, well, then trade me. And then they traded him. You didn't really have time to linger on it. It was like, boom, 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 he's gone. Well, that's going to suck. Tyree hill has gone, one of the best wide receivers in Chiefs history, if not the best in Chiefs history. One of the top best receivers in football. It sucks he's gone, but hey, screw him. He's going elsewhere. And then Tyree Kill did his antics of it needed to be said, felt like he was left on the side of the road like trash, and everybody was quickly over the Tyree Kill thing. The other one that kind of comes to mind is the Tyron Matthew thing. Tyron Matthew had kind of seen his time in Kansas City come and go. He signed the three-year deal, came in here, fixed the defense. We went to two Super Bowls with that individual, and then he was gone. And there wasn't really anybody that was like, ah, damn. I wish they would have brought him back. They kind of patched that quick, right? And there was lackluster of production on maybe Tyron Matthew's side. I don't know. That's just what people have told me that. You know, he knew that he was going to get one more contract. He kind of played a little cautious. Again, that's what sources have told me from what they've seen in video. Right? And then he goes to New Orleans, and everybody, you know, respects Tyron Matthew for his time here. He'll never be forgotten. He's kind of like one of those Ben Zobrist athletes. Not really a royal legend, but he was an in-time legend. You know, came over here, helped this team win a World Series. Tyron Matthew, the year before, they had, you know— been struggling on defense, didn't really have any leadership outside of Chris Jones on defense, bring in Tyron Matthew, bring in a guy like Frank Clark, go all the way to the Super Bowl and win it. Mm, roses, parades, and beers, and everything. The Chris Jones thing, I think gets a lot of people confused because of so much that's going on and so little that's been discussed. All we know is we know that Chris Jones is under contract, and we know the Chiefs are very, very tight with money. And we know that Chris Jones is a fan favorite. He's impactful. He's a Ring of Honor inductee. He's a Chiefs Hall of Famer. And it just kind of depends where you're at. And for me, this is the first time in this era. Now, there's been two eras of the Chiefs franchise so far in this run at greatness. But to me, this is the first time, in a and I can remember, maybe I'm wrong. I'm forgetting. I don't know. But this seems like the first time in the franchise that it's been divided. Some people are, what are they waiting for? He's an all-pro defensive tackle. He's a potential defensive player of the year. He's a game changer, an offensive line wrecker, a quarterback nightmare. He's earned his contract. Give it to him. And then there's other people on the other side that are like, well, it's a big business, and this is a big business decision. He plays a very taxing position. He's about to be 30 years old. He still has one more year on his contract. Play it out, then go get paid. There's also this little thing in there that's the NFL is a very dangerous sport. You might get hurt. And if you do, that long-term contract doesn't happen. The most recent we've seen that is Lamar Jackson. And I see the text messages. And the one thing that I will say is, this just gives me a pure example of what this team is going to be moving forward. The honeymoon phase is over, right? You've all been in relationships. You know how it's awesome for like the first six to seven months. You ain't fighting. You agree on everywhere you go to eat. You're getting a little wasted and partying. And then all of a sudden, after eight months, you start thinking to yourself, all right, well, we got to move in together. I don't really know if I want to continue to live this kind of lifestyle. I want to buckle down. Let's have that kid conversation. Let's start budgeting better. Let's get into new things. And one side doesn't really like it, and that relationship ends. Now, there are some that there are people that are like, oh, I've been together for 56 years, or we've been together for 12 years. This just kind of seems like one of those situations where Chris Jones is like, look, we've won two titles. I just had my greatest year of my career. I've always said I wanted to be here. I'm a leader. I'm a captain. I'm a locker room voice. I'm respected. Pay me my money. And on the other side, the Chiefs say to themselves, well, here we go. You're about to be 30. If we're going to pay you, we need to make sure that it's going to happen, that this production will continue. And if we're going to pay you a bunch of money, we we want that production to match the money we're giving you. And then there's the little bit of note that is, I want to be a highest-paid defensive tackle, which I could have sworn, and maybe I'm wrong, but I could have sworn that Chris Jones came out and said, I don't want Aaron Donald money, but I don't want bottom, you know, I don't, I want, I want, you know, the next best thing. And the text line chimes in, and again, that's what I'm saying. This text line is divided, or the fan base is divided. Nine one three, I'm with you. Don't understand Jones and his agent's play. It doesn't seem like acting like this is productive for him. I agree. Right? And some people would say, I respect that he's not bringing this in-house. But he is. Right? Like, Chris Jones could be there and not participate and say, I don't know, man. I'm just not feeling like I should practice. I'm feeling like I should just, you know. He didn't show up to St. Joe. Right? Right? avoided the heat, avoided the travel, avoided the dorm rooms, and everyone kind of thought, myself included, that once that had concluded, it was like, oh, all right. Something'll get done now. He's held out all this. 913. What type of money do you think he realistically gets in the open market next year? Whatever he wants. Like if I had to say, if I had a crystal ball and looked at it and said Chris Jones has similar production to this year, And the Chiefs are like, thank you for your time. Super Bowl or not, playoff run or not, AFC championship or not. It's one of those things. And this is just me looking at everything half full. Hey, you know what? You played out your contract. You were a really good player. We're not going to give you what you want, but go get what you want. Go make that money. Thank you very much for your time. You'll always be remembered. One day you might be a Chiefs ambassador with all the others. But I don't know what kind of money he wants. I don't know if he wants 110 million, 115 million for three to four years with a, with a four year option. I don't know if that's what he wants. I don't know if he wants Aaron Donald money. I don't know if he just wants five more millions than Quentin Johnson. Or Quentin Williams from the Jets. Eight one six. Chris Jones is no Aaron Donald. Eight one six. I'm Team Chiefs. Have to pay under contract after have to play under contract this year. Franchise tag next year. Just pay Jones. He's earned every dollar. Trade for a first sounds good to me. That sounds great to everybody. But you're not getting a first round pick for Chris Jones. I think the highest round pick you'd get for a guy like Chris Jones at 29, defensive tackle, would be about a third round pick. But either way, for the first time in a long time that I can remember, this is the first type of situation where a situation like this has divided a fan base. And again, it doesn't matter about the fan base. What matters is, can they get into the same room and get to a discussion over a contract? Because my biggest fear is that he's turning down a good enough contract and money in a great situation for a dynamite contract in a blank situation. And by blank, I mean cuss word that rhymes with midi. Because the last thing I think Chris Jones would want to do is go play for a team that sucks, but yet he makes a ton of money. I don't think that you truly want to do that. If I had a gun to my head, I truly think that he wants to stay in Kansas City and wants to get paid a little bit more than they're offering him. The problem is there's no communication, there's no reports on numbers, and nobody's budging. Nobody is bluffing one way or the other. I want to get into something that I heard on the New Heights podcast that's kind of funny because sometimes nerds win, and I'll explain why on After Hours and 610 Sports Radio. always think of Chris Pratt now, which is fine.
1: It is what it is. I
0: thought there was some interesting audio from the New Heights podcast, in case you missed it, with Julian Edelman. Um, he talked about how Patrick Mahomes and uh, Travis Kelsey also chimes in on this. But I thought it was funny because never let anybody tell you that being a nerd isn't cool
3: i remember hanging out with pat once before he was a starter we were at a super bowl when he was still alex's back mm-hmm. he was a rookie like a little kid drinking a bunch of beers and no, he's still the cool. same way he does have that high energy love for life and then just hounds cores, lights looks like a great leader every single day he'll get on guys if you're not running as a receiver he'll get on you he needs those reps and he feels how valuable those reps are there's a reason why he's great as athletic as he is and as good as he is at improv and everything he is about as nerdy as it gets yeah. we went to like a significant others volleyball game so i go up there i'm actually watching the game I'm like this f- pat he said he was going to be up here it's like a tuesday during the season he's in the car watching film and like looking up at a volleyball match every like 2 seconds just to see it i looked at the f- notebook and it looked like chicken scratch i can't read anyways but i couldn't read a single word and he had an entire binder full and you could tell he was going through that yeah and i was just like man this guy's studious i've never been able to take notes and read my notes and be like that makes sense and then you could tell he that he does it week in week out We're very studious volleyball game he's freaking doing it all the time <laughs> everywhere you need a little nerd in your quarterback for you sure, sure. has I, to have a little nerd That's what i, I hate taking notes. <laughs>
2: gotta
0: have a little nerd. Why Patrick Mahomes is different than others. You're sitting at a, at a significant other's volleyball game. The whole time you're sitting shotgun rider. shout out Tim McGraw, and you're taking notes with chicken scratch writing. You care less because you got a binder full of plays. You ever want to know why it's safe to say that this guy's one of the better quarterbacks in the league? This is why. That man doesn't want to play volleyball. That man wants to draw up plays. That man wants to be the best quarterback in the NFL, and I can't blame him. That new Heights podcast is great. That Julian Edelman segment, or that Julian Edelman one, top three. He talks about why the Patriots would always wear red gloves against teams that uh, wore red because you couldn't see him holding. Kind of interesting. We got to wrap this show up on the other side. We've only got a little bit left. You're listening to hour after hours on Six Ten Sports Radio for Isaac for Dusty. We'll be right back to wrap this show up on Six Ten Sports Radio. <laughs> 913, so that's why Chris Jones was trying to become a defensive end so he'd get paid. So that means this is his last year, he's gone next year. Him and Tyreek Hill play for money, not rings. I don't agree with that statement because Tyreek Hill won a ring here. Career was made here and wanted to get paid in a position that was getting top dollar. Um Chris Jones won two Super Bowls, went to three here. He's 29 years old and wants to get paid for the end of his career. Isaac, I'll tell you this, man. Speaking of rings, I think this soccer team we're coaching might get a chance to win one.
1: Yeah, man, I saw you uh, tweet it out. It was a good uh, good day for you, the the 9 a.m. game before yeah, all those sure. uh, cranky parents came in at 11.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, uh, the Lee Summit Mustangs got their first win of the season, played fourth graders. These girls were third graders. Had uh, had some outstanding showings. Had a big game from our goalkeeper in the second half. Mads, she was uh, she was a, she was a brick wall back there, man. Even had her dad surprised at one of the saves. Like after the game, he's like, I don't even know how she did that. I don't know where she learned it.
1: So, so that, it was a clean sheet.
0: That's right, man. Oh yeah. Shout out, shout out, Lee Summit Mustangs. One zero. They'll play this Saturday at twelve fifty against one of the tougher teams in the league. I won't be there. I gotta. Birthday party that I already had a uh, plan to go to, so I'll be missing this week. But they got uh, they got their hands full this week, so hopefully, hopefully they can take the same strategy and have uh, have all the girls, uh, you know, protecting it. So shout out Aven and Mads and the, you know, the twins and everybody out there. Go get another win today and go get in that uh, that that single elimination tournament and carry it forward. So I got promoted from defensive coordinator to offensive coordinator. Oh, hey now! <laughs> As if that's even—I don't even know if those are positions in soccer, um, or coaching positions. I think they're just manager. But hey, I'll take it. You'll take I'll, it. I'll be the Matt Nagy of uh, of the Lee Summit Mustangs. I I'm, just have more hair than Matt Nagy.
1: That's true. Don't get promoted too fast now, because if you get promoted too fast, if this is like Matt Nagy, mm-hmm. I mean, eh, your situation's good. It sounds like though.
0: Yeah, because if I keep doing well, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna pull Chris Jones. Mm. I'm going to demand money to be coaching. Or I'll go find someone that'll pay me to coach their team. But I don't know too much about soccer, so I think I'll be all right. Um,
1: did you watch Kicking and Screaming?
0: No, I mm. didn't. I ended up uh, meeting up with a buddy at a bar. <laughs> and then I just watched Messi videos. By the way, did you see? I don't know if you've been active on Twitter back there at all or X. Messi did it again, man. He didn't score, but he tied the game for Miami. With a corner and an assist,
1: just insane how he quick so quickly changed everything about about the uh, about Major League Soccer. It, it was just so quick and abrupt. Um, but what he's doing is just insane. He's definitely putting uh, MLS on the map. But wow, he is uh, I, I did I was scrolling through X and I, yeah. I did see that. So
0: it's just wild that like like I get it. Like Messi is to me, the greatest soccer player we've ever seen. But the pass he makes in this game, like there's eight minutes left of extra time, and they're in the seventh minute of this, and he sends a left-footed assist from probably like 40 yards out over seven defenders directly to this guy's head who is just right in front of the goalie, and the goalie has no shot. It's insane, dude. It's like when you think he's going to score... He doesn't. He then passes and creates things because he's so good that you have to know where he's at on the field at all times, and you forget where these other guys are. He's the perfect example of someone who makes everybody else better. Greatest soccer player I've ever seen in my life. For those of you that missed it, uh, Bobby Wood Jr. did it again.
3: And I know you grew up. North of here in Oregon, came down to see games growing up. But for all of their financial challenges, this ballpark being the main reason for that over the years since the year 2000, they've made the postseason 11 times. They've won seven divisions in that span. Of course, the Royals saw them in 14 and at incredible wild card games. The 3-2 pitch swing and a high fly ball deep left center. Left fielder back, looking up, and that ball is gone. It's a home run. Bobby Witt Jr., number 26, over the 362 sign, into the seats, and the Royals add to their lead. It's 4-0. Bobby Witt Jr. on the
0: verge of becoming the first ever, he's going to do it, I would assume he's going to do it, as the first ever 30-30 guy in Major League Baseball for the Kansas City Royals. Last guy to do it in the season was Mike Trout. I understand that stolen bases have become irrelevant in baseball. Um, It's not the same anymore. But I will say this, Bobby Witt Jr., please, please hit like two home runs against Seattle this weekend. And then Isaac, myself, and everybody else that's with 610 Sports Radio and all of you fans that are coming out to the game on Tuesday the 29th to see the Royals and Pittsburgh Pirates play, we can see that 30th home run and be a part of history. Because I got to see the walk-off Grand Slam. I got to see the way that the stadium freaked out. I got to see my dad lose his mind. And nothing would be greater in my life Because I've followed Bobby Witt Jr. since he was drafted before that, when there was potential that he was going to get drafted by um, the Kansas City Royals. Like, they were showing his bat speed at age 18. And I was like, that kind of speed could get here. And then you see what he's done this year. You see how he's done everything this year, how he's just kind of figured it out. And it's not just a short sample size of success. It's now been three months. And you know, hitting north of, you know, close to 280. Now, I know that he was 0 for 5 last night, but 2 for 3 today with, an, with a home run, number 26 on the year. I mean, there's a chance he could hit 32 and steal 45. And then we can get into the discussion next year that maybe he's a 40-40 dude. And 40-40, that's that's a whole nother ball game. If you go 40-40, you're putting yourself in the names of legends, of Hall of Famers, and all sorts of stuff. And I don't want to hear from the text line. I don't want to watch Bobby Witt because we're just not going to have him in five years. Enjoy it. Enjoy it while it's here. It's great. Not only that, but the Royals might have stumbled upon a guy named Cole Reagans who might be their ace. Guy's left-handed on his 99th pitch. The final out of his pitching performance today. He smoked a 100-mile-an-hour fastball past a dude. On his last pitch, and he's left-handed. That's why when you have good ownership, not ownership, when you have good minds looking out and you go get a guy like an Aroldis Chapman, because I, I, I think we can all agree that a guy like Dayton Moore probably wouldn't roster a guy like Aroldis Chapman just because of his history. But you wouldn't got Chapman this year Toted him along the season, traded him to Texas, and got a guy in Cole Reagans, who quite possibly, again, it's way too early. The league will watch video after this season is over, and they'll adjust to Cole Reagans. But there's a chance you might have that frontline starter who's left-handed, who throws gas, who could be a part of this rotation and this core that it is developing with. Mike Garcia, Freddie Fermin, Bobby Witt Jr., Michael Massey, Drew Waters, Nick Prado, who might come back in the mix. Vinny Pasquantino. Because that's what you need is arms. You need arms and you need players. Look, man, it's been fun tonight. Uh, Programming note. I'll be back tomorrow and Friday. I'll be on the drive with Rob Britton, Carrington Harrison, he's gone. Another vacation, must be nice. But I'll be back on the drive tomorrow. I'll be back on the drive on Friday. Two to six, me and Rob Britton, Thursday and Friday and then Sunday, Fantasy Football Sundays with your boy. For Isaac, I'm Dusty Likens. For Kansas City and all you beautiful, wonderful people, stay safe, stay cool. We're almost through this heat. Go do nice things for people. It's cool to care and always stay safe. Love you, Kansas City. Good night.